Another celebrity has entered the ICO endorsement field. Major key. This time, it's Snapchat star DJ Khalid. What is a bad coin worth? And Travis and I open the bad crypto lexicon of crypto terminology so that you know what all these crazy words mean. Got FOMO or FUD? No worries. We're going to sort it out for you as we're mooning our way to Lambos on episode number 32 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Got FOMO, YOLO, <laughs> and hello. hello, Travis Wright, how you doing? I am doing well. It is a magical day in crypto land. How are you? Is that an actual place? I want to go to crypto land. Crypto land. Yeah, it's, it's actually the new uh, Disney area. That is Travis Wright, author, speaker, and co-host of this show, and I am the other co of the host, Joel Com, and uh, glad to be here. Thanks for listening, and thank you to all of you that are participating in Bad Cryptober. How fun is this? This is uh, it's like it's they're going like hotcakes, Mister Joel Com. It's like hotcakes. I don't know, hotcakes of things still with butter and hot syrup. And of course, if you want to play and share your uh, uh, it, it, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say love of awesomeness. Yeah. You pick the words, whatever, fill in the blank there. If you want to share the Bad Crypto Podcast and get some free bad coin, go to badco.in forward slash badcryptober or just look for the link on our Facebook page and you can join the fun, tell the world. And at the end of the month, uh, not only will many people have received up to a million bad coins, but one person is going to walk away in the random drawing with 25 million bad coins. How's that? Oh my gosh, Mr. Chocom, that is so amazing. It's going to be so wonderful. It's actually really cool. There's a bunch of people who are, are, uh, are doing it. And what was funny is there were people already starting to jump on it like while we were setting it up uh, before last episode, which was pretty funny. So I had to send out a yeah, tweet they were to get people going, and they were waiting, and they were like, where is it? And they were looking, and so people were jumping on board before they had even heard that it was a thing. And uh, yeah, so get your activities in. You get them all set up. You'll earn up to a million. And uh, then one lucky person will uh, have more bad coin than anyone else. Aside for Mr. Joel Common, Mr. Travis Wright. Thanks for making Bad Crypto Podcast such a huge success. We owe it to you guys. And many of you write us with questions or you call us. And why don't we go ahead and go to the mailbag? Bad Crypto Inbox. You got mail. David Brody asked via email, just a quick question. The value of bad coin to BTS bit shares is crazy volatile. But as of now, it says my bad coin is worth 7,500 BTS. Can you guys explain how that works? <laughs> yes, we can. If people were actually buying and selling quantities of bad coin, then you might be able to get that much for it, right? There's been a handful, uh, just a few people have transacted with Badcoin on the BitShares decks, really just for fun, right? Yep. And and then so I think what's happened a couple of times is like there's been a transaction that has occurred where somebody bought one 
um, bad coin per for for one BTS, which basically changed the the, the price of it. And actually, yes, we're paying one. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy when you see this hat. Like somebody bought one bad coin for eighty five BTS, and so that's what happened. Was then if you have fifty thousand of them, or you have twenty thousand, or whatever the number is, it will look like that you have a substantial amount of BTS because we are actually tied to bit shares with our bad coin and i believe it, when we set it up originally like one bad coin was worth a hundred or a, a, a hundred one no a hundred bad coin was worth one bit shares or a thousand bad coin was worth one bit shares or something i don't even remember what it was originally but um that's what it is yeah it's funny if you go to the bit shares decks and on the right side where it says find markets type click that and then type the asset name bad coin and it will come up and show you the volume for i guess the past 24 hours and the volume on bad coin has actually been 919.197 bad coin and so there are people that have buy orders in there's people that have sell orders in i think it's you know it's a fun way to kind of trade and learn how to trade cryptocurrency without having any real money involved and you know by real money i mean more than a dollar right if you're trading in mass quantities but who knows one day it might be worth something and you might be able to get 7500 bts for your bad coin but now not so much that is true and if you check the show notes you can go to cryptofresh.com and you could see the number of bad coins that are in circulation and how many people are currently hodling or attempting to buy or sell you have one new message. Hey guys, this is Andrew from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I recently got bit by the crypto bug pretty badly, and you guys have been a great resource to help me figure out how to cope in a post-crypto world. So I'm loving the podcast so far. Anyway, I was curious about your opinion of proof of stake as opposed to proof of work. Thanks, and stay bad. And thanks for the question, Andrew. We appreciate that. And Travis has got the phone number that any of you can call at any time and ask questions. What is that number? Yeah, you got a question. You have a tip. You have uh, you want to insult Joel. Uh, the number is 708-885-9030. Uh, you call it up and we will not answer. It will be a voicemail. Operators are standing by. And again, if you leave like a really, 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 really long voicemail, <laughs> we probably won't answer it. So keep it, try to keep it around a minute or so, because that's, uh, that's what we like. We have short attention spans. Brevity is the soul of wit. And there was something in Andrew's question about proof of stake. To me, that's like, if the stake is on the plate, there's the proof. I'm not sure. And then the proof of work would be working on that stake. I'm now hungry. All of a sudden, I'm now thinking of going to Applebee's and getting a Bourbon Street steak. And we're not even we're not even sponsored by Applebee's, so you're getting the free plug. Those Bourbon Street steaks are delicious. I really enjoy those. <laughs> Let, let's actually address these terms. Okay. Uh, okay. Proof of work versus proof of stake. These are different ways uh, that the blockchain verifies that a transaction on the ledger is legitimate. You know, I really didn't know the difference and had to go out there and search for it. And I found the answer on Quora and a guy named Joshua from trustedcoin.com says proof of work and proof of stake are consensus techniques involved with choosing who gets to forge the latest block. So proof of work is based on one CPU gets one vote while proof of stake is one coin 
one vote. Uh, Joshua goes on to say, in other words, with proof of work, miners with powerful computational resources earn transaction fees and block rewards. With proof of stake, miners who possess lots of the currency earn their, these rewards. So there's, you know, some people are for one way, some people are for other. Some say that the proof of stake is the rich get richer type of mentality. And so they like proof of work that the computer has done the work more. And so some coins work with proof of work and some are proof of stake. And there's a couple links in the show notes for you. That is true. And we also have a really great infographic in our show notes as well from Block Geeks. And Block Geeks has a bunch of really great guides on all types of different topics. And it showcases that what it's, you know, it, it really shows it very nicely. Proof of work is a requirement to define an expensive computer calculation, also called mining. Proof of stake is the creator of a new block is chosen in a deterministic way, uh, depending on its wealth, also defined as stake. So you can go through that it has a few different pictures and what it all means. I like pictures. Again, Andrew, thanks for that question. And incidentally, the topic of today's feature is about definitions and terms related to blockchain and cryptocurrency. So we're going to get to that after the news. And this story on FEE.org, which is the Foundation for Economic Education, in which the head of the IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, actually the managing director of the IMF, foresees the end of banking and the triumph of cryptocurrency. That's a really positive uh, statement coming from a bigwig in, in the money leagues, isn't it? Yeah, Christine Lagarde, she uh, has held her position at the IMF since 2011. She says that the only substantial problems with the existing cryptocurrency are definitely fixable over time. And so this is what she said in her paper. She says, let us start with virtual currencies. To be clear, this is not about digital payments and existing currencies like PayPal and other stuff. Virtual currencies are a different category and they provide their own unit of account and payment systems. These systems allow for peer-to-peer -peer transactions without central clearinghouses, without central banks, which is great. And for now, central virtual currencies such as Bitcoin pose little or no challenge to the existing order of fiat currencies and central banks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's wrong. What she said, um, yeah, but she's wrong. Why? Because they are too volatile, too risky, too energy intensive, and because the underlying technologies are not yet scalable. However, a lot of those things are being addressed over time. So we have the link to that in the news, in the show notes. And so you can read her full statement. You can read her full paper there. So it's it's pretty interesting. She's, she's half right. You know, she's half right. Um, the half right part is that ultimately crypto, you know, is uh, has got a bright future. What she's wrong about, they pose no challenge to central banks. Unless she knows uh, and, something we don't know. She is with the IMF. Yeah. So. Well, I don't see a problem with countries and governments saying, hey, scammy ICOs got to go. You know, we need to vet this to help protect our citizens. I mean, I understand that some people are opposed to that, but in I would rather them do that, you know, like what China did. Now, China, you know, as we talked about in our last episode, is starting to put regulation in place that will open the doors for more legitimate cryptocurrency. I'd rather see them do that than try to bring the hammer down, just shut it all off. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. So, yeah, I think that uh, over time, you know, a lot of these banks are already sort of working with Ripple and they're working with Stellar and they're there. Some of them are creating their own cryptocurrency. Right. We had a few episodes ago. We were talking about Japan creating the J coin and, and a consortium, consortium of, of uh, you know, banks over there working together to create their own crypto. And so 
pretty fascinating to see how it's how it all goes and pretty interesting when uh, a director of the IMF starts talking about it all so yeah in fact when you start looking at the market cap for different types of currencies in fact i think you posted this picture or a similar one onto our facebook page check out this data the world's cryptocurrency market cap is now bigger than paypal expedia zillow and twitter combined this on marketwatch.com uh, just recently yeah pretty interesting huh so yeah it's larger if you take a look at that whole thing so obviously not bigger than facebook yet because the and what is the actual value of crypto as we are recording this show right now it says in that particular graphic that it was one yeah 148 billion is what it is right now and it's at 143 billion on that particular one so yeah bigger than paypal expedia zillow groupon all of those and of course facebook is still 3.5 times bigger than all cryptocurrencies combined even though we did have a bit of a volatile september things are looking pretty good in bad cryptober yeah the state of the market looks pretty favorable to me but that doesn't mean that there aren't issues out there and it was just about a week or so ago i heard some concerns that people had about tether tether is a uh, a token that's backed by u.s dollars in a bank account, which is why if you look at Tether, you'll see that the price fluctuates. This is a crypto, but it fluctuates between about 99 cents and a dollar one. You know, pretty much one Tether is equal to one dollar. And so there's some people in crypto that will sell their crypto. And while they don't have a place, you know, something else they want to buy with it, they park it in Tether. But there's a story that came out in Forbes that kind of echoed some of the concerns I heard about a week or so ago. Kyle Torpy, a contributor to Forbes.com, writes, this U.S. dollar-backed token issued on Ethereum is a ticking time bomb. Ooh. Yeah, there, there's some really interesting stuff that, that that's being talked about this particular thing because it, it's somehow it's tied to the U.S. dollar, but they're able to create as many as they want to keep it tied to the U.S. dollar. So it's almost like... The more U.S. dollars there are, the more tethers there are. And so they're kind of manipulating the market in some way. I don't fully understand how they're manipulating it all. So what happens when the bad guys use tether? Uh, there's some interesting things that are happening on that. So, yeah, they could, they're saying that they could potentially use this to attempt to manipulate the price of some of these cryptos. And so... I don't know. Yeah. Weird. And that, that's just one thing. The the thing that I heard about last week, and I wish I could remember who I heard it from. And so I can neither confirm or deny that this information is accurate. But what I believe is that one of the exchanges, it may be Bitrix. I could be wrong. Somebody, maybe a bad cryptite can go do some research and post it on our page about this. But one of the exchanges is the creator of Tether. And if that exchange basically that has stake in Tether wanted to manipulate or something happened to that particular exchange, then it could throw the whole crypto market into turmoil. So, you know, it's a, it's a red flag. That's all. Um, I don't know if it's a false red flag or not, but it's a flag. And, you know, we try to bring you everything that crosses our desk that we find interesting. And if it turns out we don't know what we're talking about, hello, it's the Bad Crypto Podcast. No, they're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> that won't be the first time, and it certainly won't be the last time. You know, we're seeing more and more celebrities come forward and getting attached at the hip 
with ICOs. You know, Paris Hilton has one that came out recently, and I just spotted this story from Fortune.com about DJ Khalid. Major key, major key. <laughs> major key. This crypto thing is uh, off the chazane, uh, the block chazane. So what's going on here? He's getting into the crypto pumping and dumping business as well. So he has recently, what is the, uh, which? Uh, well, well you doing? know, to be fair, we don't know that this is a pump and dump, true, which is true. a term we will bad address Travis. here bad in Travis. our feature. Slap your hand. Oh, bad Boy. Travis. Uh, you know, but, you know, we don't want to impugn anybody or any particular ICO because we don't really know. But this particular initial coin offering that Khalid is pitching is called Centra CTR tokens. It's a Centra card. It's a debit card and it's a wallet app. And he wrote on his Instagram account, I just received my titanium Centra debit card. The Central Card and Central Wallet app is the ultimate winner in cryptocurrency debit cards powered by CTR tokens. So, you know, he, uh, he's he got his hand in some tokens there, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's very clear that uh, he's got his um, hand in the token well. And we've covered, uh, not too long ago, we talked about some of the various cards. It's in the episode called Cash Charge or crypto, where we talked about crypto debit cards like Token Card and 10X. So this is another one that has just entered the fray. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that with some of these celebrities who are talking about it and they're making these, they're promoting these coins, you know, they should say sponsored or ad or something on there. I mean, whenever we do something with a, with an ICO, we want to make sure that we always let people know we, we're all about transparency. And to me, there's no transparency with this. This seems like what what's going on with this? Is he getting paid for this? If so, yeah, actually, he can get in trouble for yeah. this because his Instagram posts, which I think we can go ahead and embed into the show notes, he's got a bunch of hashtags: crypto, Billy, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and digital currency. But uh, I don't know that this is uh, compliant with the, is it the FEC to be able to uh, one of the ECs? FCC. FCC. Thank you. Uh, too many initials. FCC? You know. Yeah, FCC one of them. Or the SEC, yeah, you know me, OPP. <laughs> but there's no hashtag for ad, promoted, or sponsored. Good catch there. That's not um, that's not good. You can get in trouble for that. So anyway, there's more celebrities getting in on this, joining you know Floyd Mayweather, who has been in on a couple, and I'm sure we will see many more to come. And with that, let's jump into the lexicon, the dictionary, if you will, of crypto terms in today's feature segment. All right. So, you know, this is something that we probably should have had earlier on in the game when we're here on episode 32. So what are some of the crypto terms that, that we should probably know? And if you've made it this far into our show, then you're probably already aware of what a blockchain is, right? And uh, But what about a blockhead? Well, we are we are the blockhead. So I think, you know, part of the reason for going back, it's kind of like, okay, class, let's do a little review here. Let's go back to basics because not everybody goes back to the first episode. I mean, we have a lot of people writing us and say they binge listen to the show. Like, oh my gosh, I've spent the weekend with you guys. I've listened to 13 episodes and I'm going, please go outside and take a walk. Yeah, yeah. You know, go, go have a drink with a friend please, or something. It's time to purge. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but some people jump in on the most recent episode. So for those of you that are crypto curious and new and some that are crypto serious, you might not already know this stuff, but we're going to make it more fun anyway. Yes, yes. Let's jump back in with the basics, this whole blockchain, blockchain. term. What is blockchain? Blockchain is, it's a type of distributed ledger, right? So it is comprised of unchangeable digitally recorded data in packages called blocks. And so instead of, you know, writing it all out on a, on a sheet of paper or whatever, each block, it is verified. Once it is verified, it is then chained to the next block using a cryptographic signature. That's why we call it cryptocurrency because of cryptography. And uh, this allows the blockchain to be used like a ledger and they are open. Everyone who has a node can see the whole entire list of all of the transactions. And that ledger is then shared and accessed by anyone who has the appropriate permissions. So transparent, it is unchangeable, immutable, which means it is, it's almost like, I like the, I like the, I heard this on uh, a Tim Ferriss episode and it was Tim Ferriss was with Nick Zabo and they basically called it like, so the blockchain is all these transactions go into the blockchain is almost like where you would see a, an insect trapped in Amber. Right. And that Amber is in there and it is trapped and it's like there for like a million years. It's on, you can't go in and disturb that or change that in any particular way. So once these transactions have been verified on the blockchain, they are as a insect trapped in an, in Amber. And then that's then connected to another block and then another block. And then you're basically building a big wall of blocks and uh, it's going to be huge. I actually uh, recently heard a speaker refer to the blocks on the blockchain. He says, imagine it's like a toilet paper roll, you know, with each sheet connected to the next one. And, and I've decided that in the shitty description. <laughs> <laughs> immutable is my new favorite adjective. Uh, it means unchanging over time or unable to be changed. But I, I just, it, that's so strict. I just want when somebody asks me, how you doing? I want to say I'm immutable. I'm, I'm immutable. <laughs> I'm immutable and intelligible. And so in the blockchain are blocks. So again, with a little toilet paper, you know, sheet or double ply for those of you who know what's up. Blocks are basically the pages in the ledger. This is where, you know, we keep the records. And so each block has the data for these files that are related to this network and they're permanently stored. And and that's that's what makes it immutable. It's like forever. This is just how it is. There's no changing it. Uh, now, in the blocks, and we're going we're to talk a little bit about miners in a bit, but since we're talking about blocks, what is a block reward? A block reward. Well, you may have heard of a block reward before. Bitcoin is a block reward. So what happens when the block of transactions has been solved through, uh, you know, the, the hash, you know, they've they got to solve this big hash problem, right? This puzzle. Once it's been solved, then it pops out a block reward and that block reward I saw it popping out a little baby reward yeah. and originally oh, it was your little bouncing baby bitcoin little baby bouncing baby bitcoin but actually it was a big litter because when you originally were doing it you would get 50 bitcoin right and then it has halved every 210,000 transactions it halves and so that has happened not once, but twice. Then it was twenty. It was it was uh, twenty five uh, Bitcoin per reward. Well, and it, it has it doesn't have on transactions. It has on blocks. It has on. It actually it has on. Yeah, yeah. It has on two hundred and ten thousand 
blocks. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. My bad. This is the Bad Crypto you Podcast, bet. folks. Welcome. Exactly. So, you know, the rewards are basically, that's how that's how the miners mine. That's what mining is. And, you know, let's just go ahead and, and jump right ahead to that so everybody understands that mining is the word that we use for solving these complex mathematical problems on the blockchain. Mine. So Mine. the miner has a computer or a bank of computers that are plugging away and solving these complex mathematical problems, which are called hashes, right? That is true. Not to be confused with corned beef hash. Mm -hmm. or, or hash browns, which are unnecessary morning carbs that you should try to avoid. Now, yeah, but now, now I'm hungry. And so the mining reward is what is given to the miners for solving this complex algorithm and adding a little piece of data to the immutable blockchain. See, in case you didn't get this, you, now you really probably don't, but it might be coming clear to you uh, right now. And so, you know, as we talk about mining and the mining rewards, you have to have a rig to do this, right? Remember a, a while ago, I was going to say years ago, because that's how long it feels like we've been doing this. But, you know, a, about a month and a half ago, I tried mining with my very powerful PC and it ate up every bit. Mm -hmm. You're trying to mine Ethereum, correct? I was trying to mine Ethereum you and I to, did. You tried I to mine Monero or anything other than uh, Ethereum? No. No. No, I haven't. And, and if you, you know, we could certainly play around with that and try, maybe we'll do a, maybe we should try do, mining a few different coins and seeing are any of them, are you able to do any of them on a machine that you're using or does it hog every resource? Yeah, maybe. But that's a node. Your mining rig, your computer is a node, which is basically a computer that is on the network that it's mining. Mm -hmm. It's not a code in your node. Yep. And then a full node is a node that fully enforces all of the rules of the blockchain. So it's sort of like a governing node. And then a regular node is just any computer that is connected to that particular blockchain network. Now, if you're mining Bitcoin, you're on that node. If Ethereum, you're on that blockchain network, right? You're a node on that network. So depending on which blockchain you're on, uh, that will determine if you, you know, receive any reward or not. Now, if you're trying to mine Bitcoin today, that's going to be a big, big challenge because you're going up against people who have whole warehouses full of ASIC and GPUs out the wazoo. In China. In China. Yeah. And so, yeah. Really hard to mine Not Bitcoin. Angina. However, angina is like something in your heart. <laughs> that's, that's how it always angina. Angina. That's what it sounds like. It says to me. You're I don't giving know. me angina. That's that. That's that East Coast accent to my Midwestern ears. Gina. And, and these computers are processing these hashes at a hash rate. And the hash rate is the speed at which a block is discovered. The, the rate that the math problem is solved. Because all of this is math, right? If you didn't like math in school, then forget about this part and just buy and sell whatever coin you want. But this whole system is built upon solving complex mathematical computations. And that's why we need computers to do it. And because the computers are working so hard, they're taking up both computer resources and power. So it costs money for miners to mine because you have to have the mining rigs and you have to pay your power bills. And this is why people are being rewarded with currency for doing the mining. See, it makes sense now. Excellent. It makes sense. It makes dollars so what is this uh the, now part of 
what makes it look really strange and foreign is the addresses that we have for these different currencies. Because they're these really, really long strings, you know, as short as, I don't know, usually about 30 characters and sometimes longer. What is that? Yeah, so those cryptocurrency addresses, that's what's used to receive and to send transactions on the network. And that address that it's got, I mean, depending on which coin you're using or mining or trading or selling or whatever, it's going to have a certain amount, uh, a certain string of alphanumeric characters, right? So you're going to have uppercase and lowercase letters and you're going to have numbers, but you're not going to have, you know, exclamation points or any of those symbols right there. You're not having any of those, 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 uh, but, uh, those characters can also be represented as a scannable QR code, which is handy because, I mean, some of those codes, you know, are, are, are several, several, you know, numbers long and you don't want to have to type those in. I mean, that would be hard to type no, those in. You don't. It's actually the first time that QR codes are actually usable and welcome, actually, here in America, at least. They, they are. Um, we're good with them, but many wallets let you just copy and paste. And, you know, when you're sending from one uh, wallet to another, these alphanumerics, while they seem long and confusing, just kind of think of it as a more developed bank account number, right? You've got a nine-digit, most likely a nine-digit number that is associated with your checking account. Just see the address for your Bitcoin wallet or whatever currency you're transacting in as being a lettery and numbery, very long account number. Lettery and numbery. See what I did there? Lettery and numbery and capitally. Now, Bitcoin is the primary coin, right? It accounts for probably half the mining that's going on out there. It accounts for a large portion of the crypto market cap. But there is then something called altcoins. And basically, an altcoin is anything that's not a Bitcoin. This might be a good time to mention there was a URL that we saw not long ago that basically showed it, it visualized all of the cryptos. What is that link? Yeah, that is cryptomaps.org. I think you discovered this and this is a really cool visualization of all of the cryptos, basically. It's this, um, I don't know how to describe it. How would you describe it? Ah, it's basically these blocks. They show you blocks and they show you which coins have the most volume based on market cap, right? And so, you know, Bitcoin has been growing. And like, for example, in the last 24 hours, it has grown uh, less than a percentage, 0.69%. It is $4,370 per Bitcoin. And the market cap of it is about $72.5 billion. And then we see XRP, which is uh, about almost $8 billion in market cap. Ethereum, which is about $28 billion. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is about $7 billion. IOTA, which is about $1.5 So it's really cool to kind of click on these and kind of roll over them and see what's what and which ones are growing and which ones are uh, that are falling in price. So pretty fascinating uh, visualization tool right here, actually. Yeah. So, and you could tell from whether they're up or down, the blocks are proportionate in size to how much of the market cap these coins are having for the most part. I mean, it's not completely accurate, they're but red, they're down, they're mounts, green, they're up. Uh huh. And if they're really green, they're way up. Or if they're really red, they're way down. And if they're black, then I guess nothing's really, it hasn't moved much at all, but I'm rolling over and I'm seeing uh, each time you roll over one of these, it shows you the coin, the symbol, the name, the current exchange to Bitcoin, the market cap volume in the last 24 hours. And I'm seeing all kinds of interesting coins I've never heard of. There's vapors coin. There's, earth coin there's uh sprouts there's florin coin there's clinton coin what do you what do you 
What happened with that one? I well, it's had a, a dollar fourteen volume in the last twenty four hours. So 100%. what happened is, yeah, no, I got it now. I, I it took me a moment there. You can actually click on those different segments there as well. So I clicked on one that had had quantum and ten x pay and Gnosis and a few other ones in there. It actually has its own little square, like which ones has performed the most in in quarter two. And I was able to click on that and and zoom in. So. Pretty cool. If you, you double click in, in a few places, you can actually pull in and uh, check it out. I love it. And that's in the show notes for you, as well as all the show notes for all the episodes at badcryptopodcast.com. So that's altcoins. Now, coins are actual currencies, right? They're commodities. But there's also something that are known as tokens. And for example, one token is badcoin. And a token is a currency related to a project that is built on the Ethereum network. So Ethereum is its own currency and an altcoin, but tokens are issued via um, Ethereum. Well, there's also tokens that are on BitShares, which is like Badcoin is, right? So a token is a digital identity for something that can be owned. Right. Essentially, it's like a little it's like a little contract kind of. And so you have one bad coin, which is worth very little, nothing uh, worth less than nothing. And but it's a digital identity for something that could be owned. Right. So that it can have some value. These things can have value to them. It's sort of it's not really. And a lot of times they're based on the utility of that particular token where it's not a currency that is you know, to be traded and expected to increase in value and all this other stuff. It just has a use case of this token to be used within this certain ecosystem, if that makes sense. Uh, And as long as we're talking about Ethereum, there's a term that comes up again and again as to benefit of Ethereum uh, in that you have these dApps. They are Ethereum-based decentralized applications that use Ethereum smart contracts. And basically, a smart contract is programming code that goes out on the Ethereum blockchain, and it has these if-then type of formulas. For example, in a normal transaction, you would say, okay, Travis, I'm going to send you a million bad coin, right? But with a smart contract, I could have it coded in that I'll send you a million bad coin on a condition, that takes place. Something else needs to happen for that transaction to be triggered. That's what a smart contract is. That is indeed true. So these are all kinds of different terms and terminology that's going on. And uh, let's talk one more. It's something that all of us have from time to time, something that our vehicles need as well. Uh, It's gas. And gas is a measurement roughly equivalent to computational steps for Ethereum. What does that mean? I don't really know. But every transaction is required to include a gas limit and a fee that it is willing to pay per gas. So it's sort of like the reward that miners get. They have the choice of including the transaction and collecting the fee or not. Every operation has a gas expenditure. Uh, for most operations, it's it's three to ten or whatever. Some up to seven hundred. I don't really. I don't really. Know. Do you have a better definition for gas? Because I still don't really understand it. It doesn't take a lot of gas. Think of the complexity of the transaction. So if I just want to send you Ethereum, that requires a minimal amount of gas. But if there's a smart contract tied to that transaction, well, that takes a little bit more um, gas to make that happen. It's just it's just a function of how much processing is needed okay. by the Ethereum network 
to make that happen. And as we finish out with the terms, and there's many more, you can go to the show notes and see links to several sites that have more definitions. Let's take a look at a few of the fun ones, which you will invariably encounter. The first one being FOMO. What does FOMO mean, Travis? Oh, when you're FOMOing at the mouth? It's just like you have rabies? Yeah, exactly. You need to go to the vet. <laughs> that is fear of missing out, which is why, you know, most people who have a smartphone check their phone about 150 times a day because, oh, my God, I might have missed something. Somebody might have tweeted something that I missed. I don't want to miss out, Joel. We don't want you to miss out. And, you know, a lot of times these coins come out and people are like, this is the next big thing. And if you don't get on this wagon, you're not going to be able to get your Lambo, which of course is referring to the Lamborghinis that we're all going to get to have when we get, you know, to be Bitcoin billionaires, right? That's, that's why you heard Lambos a lot. It's really just a reference to how rich people think they're going to be. And so you have sometimes legitimate currencies and tokens that are coming out. Other times, those that really don't have a strong utility or a strong team or a strong business model, a real use for it, and people are still hyping it. And those are called pump and dumps with the goal being to get people excited because they've got FOMO and they want their Lambo and it's going to go to the moon which, what does that mean, Travis? That means Duh. it's going sky high. It's rising as high as possible, you guys. So they pump and dump them. They pump them to get people excited. And then those that are early holders, when the price goes high, they will then dump their currency and leave those unsuspecting buyers who bought into the pump because of their FOMO, because they thought it was mooning and want their Lambo, they're left holding the bag. And now they can either hodl or they can sell for a loss. And I think we've all seen, you know, that happen, not just in cryptocurrencies, but in stocks and really any business that, you know, uh, any, any industry, there's been some. You've seen the wolf on Wall Street, right? That yeah. was all about pumping and dumping. Exactly. Much pumping, much dumping. And uh, finally, the last term that we're going to address is FUD. What does that stand for? F-U-D. That is the character Elmer Fudd. And uh, he was chasing <laughs> Waskoe Wabbits. <laughs> Squooey quip, though. <laughs> yeah, that is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So a lot of times you'll hear, oh, they're throwing a lot of FUD out there. And that means they're trying to, you know, uh, make people scared about something or they're trying to discourage people from doing certain things or purchasing certain things or, you know, participating in certain things. So uh, you hear, you see a lot, if you actually watch the news on mainstream media, most of it is FUD. Mm -hmm. Basically people don't really know where the crypto market is going. You have people that are bullish. That means they think it's going to go to the moon and continue to become more valuable and therefore increase in value. And you have those who were bears, just like wall street bears that are, this is, this is going down. It's going to plummet. It's going to go to zero, which, by the way, could happen. You know, uh, we're not financial advisors in case you never heard that before. And we're going to repeat that enough times to make sure everybody knows that you need to go do your own due diligence. You need to consult with your own professional financial advisors, and you never should buy any uh, investment at all that you cannot afford to lose completely. That is true, because then you lose and you're a loser. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, if I've made a bad investment, it makes me a loser. You're a loser. You're fired. That's horrible. <laughs> well, guess what? Y'all are not fired. In fact, you're all hired. Participate in Bad Cryptober. Go to badcode.in forward slash bad cryptober and find out how you can get us to throw hundreds of thousands, a million bad coin at you, which you can hodl, which again, some say is a typo. Somebody typed in that they were holding and they typoed and it came out hodl and it's become a thing. And from that thing, we have then determined that it could also mean hold on for dear life uh, when your crypto is down. So do whatever you want with your bad coin, hodl it, uh, wave it in front of your neighbor's faces and say, look at my bad coin, look at my bad coin. Oh, which by the way, we're looking into that, right? We're looking into what? Getting a physical bad coin. Oh, you were looking into it. Yes. What's going on with that? I am. I have now, I have, and you can hear them here. This is my Litecoin, and that is my Bitcoin. This is my Ethereum, and this is my Doge. They all sound the same because they're all made of the same cheap crap. They're not real coins, but they look cool. I like them, and don't judge me. <laughs> so we're going to be checking that out. We'll be checking out lots of new things. We'll be checking out the top news. Again, if you want to keep up with what we're researching, go to uh, badco.in forward slash flip. That's all the news that we're reading. And then we find the best pieces that we want to cover and go in depth with you guys there. Again, Joel mentioned the bad Cryptober thing going on. Uh, all kinds of ways to earn the bad coin. And uh, I believe we have reached the end of this journey, folks. Make sure that you grab your belongings and uh, don't leave anything inside the tram. <laughs> and stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.